0: 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And it's open line hour now. So this is when we empty all the phone calls, clear every line, and invite you to call us at one 767 4348 If you have a project you're trying to tackle around your house, give us a ring. Let's talk you through it. If you've got some proposals you've received and are confused about the details, or if you're contemplating getting a project started and want a few tips and tidbits and tricks about the right questions to ask so you'll know you're dealing with the right people, uh, it's much better to find that right person and that wrong person before you start the job than when you're in the middle of the job. Give us a ring. The number is one 767 We've been building and remodeling here in the great state of Arizona since the early 70s, and uh, we've built and remodeled. Um, how, may, how many of you know a remodeler that has done a project in Wikia, Arizona? I bet there aren't very many, huh? We've done WikiUp, we've done Eager, we've done quite a bit Flagstaff, we've done quite a bit, of course, all around the Valley of the Sun, Maricopa County, done some down in Tucson. So we've done a bit of building and remodeling all over the great state. So wherever you are, you can call us at one 767 4348 and we can kind of coach you along with great information about your particular neighborhood. Now, if we don't know the answer, we have this referral network that lives on the webpage, rosyonthehouse.com. And we've got every major population area covered with contractors that we have pre-screened. We're tickled to death to have recently won Favorite of Tucson, and we've won up in Phoenix, the number one contractor referral network for nine years in a row. We're the Titus Screened Network, and we're the only contractor referral network that has a complaint resolution officer on staff. Now, he he's overpaid because he never <laughs> has anything to do, but... I will tell you this, the other referral networks have disclaimers that they've done the searching and the screening. If you have a problem, deal with it. Well, only at Rosie on the House, if you have a problem, do we want to know about it. It comes across my desk, and we jump right on it. But it just doesn't happen that often. That's why we're considered the best referral network for contracting and contractor services in the great state of Arizona. We've got some, f- some fairly new members. The network is growing pretty aggressively down in the Tucson area, uh, thanks to Miss Susan, who's down there working for us. But uh, we've got Hotchkiss Financial that re- recently joined us. If you're contemplating picking up uh, refinancing or buying a home, Make sure you give Randy Hotchkiss a call, Hotchkiss Financial. We've got West Coast Roofing, Temperature Control, Lions Roofing, Jaws Just Add Water System. We've got Marvell Masonry, Omni Pools, Habitat, Mexican Tile and Stone Company, Connecticut Water System, Arizona Paint Company, Rebath of Tucson, Woods Plumbing, New Frontiers Painting, Intelligent Design Air Conditioning and Heating. So we've got the areas covered. And we had Phoenix and Tucson covered for a long time, and all the folks in Casa Grande kept calling us and saying, man, we're like in no man's land. We can't get your Phoenix contractors to come south, and we can't get your Tucson contractors to come north. So we built out what we call the Casa Grande Connection. And we've got Security, All About Water, Durafoam Roofing, Lions Roofing, Arizona Painting Company, Brutnell Electric, now Plumbing, Desert Sun Heating and Cooling. For those of you in Pinal County,
1: growing county.
0: It's what we do, yeah, it Flat is. Flatland. Third Flat most populous. Between populace.
1: Phoenix and Tucson. It's, you know, I laughed at the light rail system that went in in Phoenix and the light rail system that went in Tucson. You know, they should have just put a light rail system between the two cities. That saved that traffic on I-10. Man, I 10. Man, I would take that over driving that I 10 stretch any day
0: it's it's kind of a scary stretch we've had some some very heartbreaking tragic accidents there just recently uh but they are getting it close to being an eight laner the whole way and boy that's sure gonna help
1: it's gonna be a nightmare when they rip up (laughs) where is it like right south of uh Rawhide, Riggs Road, yeah. down to about Casa Grande. To the river, to the Hila River. Well, they, that yeah. bridge isn't big enough to go <laughs> yeah. any wider. So when they start that <laughs> construction project, I don't know if there's room or how the deeds and the landies work, but they, they would be best interested if they just built a separate road And finished it and rechanneled it and then just blew that up and demoed (laughs) it after the fact. (laughs) That's going to be a bottleneck when they start that project.
0: Well, that will be. But uh, every construction project does tend to do that, but it's always worth it in the end. So the the referral network, the radio broadcasts, the publications we do in newspapers all across the state are all things we do to try and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Uh, Before you touch your home we like you to come to rosyonthehouse.com first, and let's see if we can't have some information there on our website that gets you started in the right direction. After broadcasting the radio show for 30 years, we've been posting the questions we're asked as well as the answers on the webpage. So the webpage becomes virtually an encyclopedia of the correct way to deal with with anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin within the great state of Arizona. So, rosyonthehouse.com. It is a call-in show. Roby, why don't we jump out to Brad, who's calling in. Good morning, Brad. Thanks for ringing us. What are you up to today, my friend? Um, driving around, getting errands done. All right. And what you're you working on at the house?
2: Um, I've got a uh, air condition- a couple air conditioning units that were installed during a remodel in 99 that I've had people come out and fix about every year and I believe I've been told that they were horizontal air conditioning units that were installed vertically and that was a little unorthodox
0: well what you're being told so, what you're being told is correct That's that's very, very unorthodox. They're
2: leaking water down the condensation in um, great quantities through the filters, and it's causing leaking into the walls and all kinds of
0: things. And you've had this set up since 1999?
2: Uh, Yes. So I've been putting bus tubs underneath there, collecting water, emptying them, setting up makeshift drains that filter into the pipe into the sink and all kinds of things to try and correct it.
0: I, I can't even imagine fighting all that for all those years. Have you had an air conditioning contractor look at it and go with a vertical I unit guess. or turn these things horizontal the way they're supposed to be?
2: Uh, yeah, I've had several people look at it, and the way that it was set up during the remodel, there was a small closet built for them, um, and that closet, they said that we'd have to re, you know, redo pretty much half of two rooms, to turn them horizontal again um, or just pay for entirely new units and have them, have them redone. And the, the cost was kind of prohibitive. It was to the tune of, like, $45,000. So I never did it.
0: Yeah. Holy, Holy cow. Ooh. That's half a house in some <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah. Man, Brad, where where are you? Um,
2: I'm out in Northeast Mesa. Okay. In the County Island out there. Wow.
0: Um, I I don't, I don't think you have any good options. (laughs) I hate, I hate telling you that, (laughs) but until you replace those units, um, you're, you're going to be fighting this. There isn't any way to overcome it. They're, they're not designed to be operating the way they're operating. Um, is that remodeling contractor still in business? No. Yeah, he should no, be. No, it was, uh, you know, be. it was sort of a family operation. Uh-huh. Well, they certainly didn't do you any favors with that setup, and I'm sorry to say that, you know, but, but man, you've been fighting it for all these years. You just got to fight it out until those die, and uh, you replace it with the proper equipment. That's all you're going to be able to, to do, bud yeah so do they make a vertical unit that yeah would yeah work properly in there? yeah yeah they uh, uh, any split system has um, uh, uh, you know we've got to get the uh, evapor evaporative coil is going to have to be set outside somewheres. it's probably already set out there somewheres anyway and we've just got to get a vertical air handling unit absolutely. You okay. you you need to have well, maybe one I can look into that. You need to have one you know you could get it assessed for free. Northeast Mesa, call Isley's Air Conditioning. Tell them we talked okay. on tell them we talked on the air and have them come out and assess what your situation really is. It shouldn't cost you $45,000 to fix this unless you have like four air conditioning units. Um Let's, let's have Isley's take a look at it, and then I'm going to stay involved. I, w- I want to know what we can do. I'd love to see some pictures of what this thing is. You could text those to me at info at com. Let's stay tuned and uh, see if we can't help work him work him out of a, what's basically a 20-year problem. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. What a mess. You know,
1: sometimes you find little things, and you're like, ah, oh, that must have been the last thing that guy did closing out the day on a hot summer day. This one no, sounds like no, it was, yeah.
0: like, he, major bonehead thought. Well, he had, <laughs> the contractor had these left over from another job, or they had been misordered, and he was just trying to find a way to, get you know. Oh I, I've never even heard of a horizontal air handler being installed vertically. Never even heard of that. <laughs>
1: We have oh, calls yeah. at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. we have got text at 411-923. And we have email at info at com. Keith sent in a picture of a beautiful Palo Verde that was planted in 92 that towers over the second floor. Of his home that's a bedroom over a garage, so you know it's already probably prone to be an extremely hot room, and this Palo Verde just shades it all beautifully, and they had a microburst come through and destroy the tree. Oh, man. I shouldn't say destroy. It's still standing up, but you look at it, and he wants to know, you know, can I go ahead and continue trimming? What should I do? But looking at it, and what we've learned from Eisenhower, is you never want to trim a tree back more than a third of its limbs at a time. Well, the storm has done that for you, Keith. It it took a (laughs) third of this tree out. So I would just trim up, you know, where the limbs would break. There's probably, you know, some jagged edges and some, you know, I would clean all that up and any that might be half broken, trim those off. But for the most part, just leave, leave it alone. And it'll come into a, you know, a, a great growth cycle the next couple seasons and you know a year or two you won't even notice (laughs) is i remember what
0: it is it listing did the root ball come up no no just shattered the tree tore the tree up
1: like if you look at the look at that he's this picture is obviously whack 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 the uh summer when it's in full bloom coming into (laughs) spring and just picture the width of that you know you're probably looking at what 50 feet width. Pretty big. You know, that's down to about
0: 30. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the rest of the callers here. Right. We have open lines at one 767 4348 Hopefully, we won't have any other callers that are dealing with a 20-year problem. <laughs> let's see what how we can help Mike down in Tucson. Good morning, Mike.
3: Morning, Rosie. How you doing? Good. Always glad to listen to you guys. Uh, I got a question regarding screening. We've got a, a place we bought down in Midtown Tucson. It needs some uh, window screens. And we were looking at some of these uh, security screens that they market um, as
2: in how they would compare to, like, the old wrought iron
0: window guards. Right. Um... Are they are they any good? Well, the demonstrations I've seen, they're pretty good. (laughs) They're pretty convincing. I have to say, I've I've never installed any. Um, But from what I can tell, from from everything I see, uh, your your concern is primarily home security?
3: Yeah. Okay. Because I've got to replace some of these screens anyway. We were looking at that and saying, well, maybe it's... it's worth putting security screens on i don't know what the cost of them are
0: i'm not i'm not familiar either mike but the uh, the other thing you were considering is just the wrought iron frames that get bolted to the outside of the house well i sure like the look of the security screens a lot better than those and realtors will tell you that
1: as well you know that that's one thing that screams bad neighborhood of those old <laughs> iron bars over. Now, there's a way to do them decorative and make them look nice and uh, kind of some old world sculpting on the metal, but that, you know, you you start pricing yourself out of reality pretty quick.
0: But those crime guard screen demonstrations I've seen are pretty darn convincing.
1: Yeah. I, that's definitely the route I would,
0: I would go. And all you need to do is deter them for a few
1: seconds. I mean, they're not going to sit there and beat and beat and beat. I mean, what Unless it's an extreme situation where, uh, you know, they don't like to make noise, they don't like to be seen, A burglars in and out smash and grab, you determine for a few seconds,
0: they're gone. So yeah, I think statistics say that, uh, one, the the number one point of entry by a home invasion or a crook is the front door. So make sure you've got a good, secure screen front door over the top of your wood solid core door make sure you've got good deadbolts with a one inch throw on it make sure the screen the security screen door has non-removable pin hinges and it as well has a good deadbolt with a one inch throw to it and Romy's right i believe statistically they'll tell you that someone's only going to spend about 30 to 45 seconds trying to get in your home and if they can't in that amount of time, chances are they'll move on down the road. What you've got to remember is try and set your house up in the crime guard screens are a good way. That your house doesn't look appealing. It, it, it doesn't look easy to break into. Um but they they especially like front doors that are screened from view where the neighbors can't see the front door or people down the street can't see the front door because of a plant or a screen wall or something like that. Make sure the front door has good line of sight for all the neighbors to see it.
1: Yeah, splintering wood sounds a whole lot different than shattering glass. Shattering glass, everyone's like, hey, something's okay. seriously wrong. You hear other big bangs, you might look around, and if you don't see anything, eh. Uh, what's the case and most of these are not happening at night you know they're during the day when they expect everyone to be gone at work so it's uh, it's a great investment if you're concerned about security for your windows because that is then the second place after the doors front doors they start hitting back doors and windows and it it's a great option to deterring anybody that would be there trying to gain access unwelcome Thank you for sticking with us, Arizona homeowners. You are tuned in to Rosie on the House here in the 9 o'clock hour. It's the open line hour. But this segment number three is where we dive deep to one area of management, the Homes need management. There's always maintenance tasks going on. And, and if you're one of the users of our digital home management application, the Rosie on the House HomeZada app, and you've got a glass or mirror or window project, this is the perfect opportunity to get that scheduled, get that done, get it taken care of. And at the end of this break, by the expert help of Dennis Rusk of ABC Glass, you're going to know what steps to take when something goes... Dennis, thanks for coming down this Saturday morning. Thank you very much. It's glad to be here. So let's start with windows. Probably the biggest thing we're going to fix the fastest. There could be some other things inside the home that break and may not be so urgent. But how do we know if it's tempered or untempered, first of all?
3: Well, first of all, if it's tempered glass, it's going to break into a million little pieces. It's going to be all over the place. If it's just annealed glass, it's just going to maybe splinter, and you'll see some splintering into the glass itself. Some of it might have fallen out, uh, but most of the time, you has got to be very really careful. You can tape over it for, just to, for safety. Tempered glass, you're going to have to break it out and kind of let it fall to the ground so you can clean it up, and you'll fine tempered glass around the house for the next year, probably, but it, it, because it's, it breaks in such small pieces. But it's considered safety glass, and that's the most important thing.
1: And the reason it's safety glass is because
3: it's because when it breaks, it blows up into little tiny pieces, and it just pricks you, your skin if it hits you, and it doesn't cut you like regular glass would.
1: As opposed to these big heavy it, shards that fall down on you know, fall down. Yes. You get feet like Bruce Willis, you know. <laughs> So that breaks. If it's tempered, we're just sweeping it up and we're calling the glass shop. If right. it's temper, if it's not tempered and it's still all in place, tape it.
3: You play. can tape it. You can tape it up so you can keep everybody away. Um, sometimes it'll it'll fall out. You just got to be very, very careful. And then you call the glass company and we can come in and at least help get things tore apart and cleaned up.
1: So once you've got it cleaned up, do I have to put a whole new window in? Can I get individual glass squares that can go back
3: into this insert? Well, in today's world, we live in the world of insulated glass. So it's two panels. You have an outside panel and an inside panel with a spacer in between. So normally it's the outside panel that's broken so you're still secure in the house. So you don't have to jump around trying to find something right away. You call your glass company, they come out and they can measure it. And nine times out of ten, what will happen is that they will order a brand new panel. They'll come back after they get it back from the factory, and they'll come back and put it in. Uh, that's the best way to do that. That way, at the factory, they can clean both inside panels so they're nice and clean before they seal it, and then you have... You, you, you don't have any problems after that. And
1: unsealed. Anybody that's had condensation in between their windows, they know what an unsealed
3: dual pane looks like. Some, a big foggy mess. It does. Sometimes it looks like a fishbowl <laughs> if it gets enough condensation in it.
1: Okay, so that's taking care of the glass. But on those panels, especially the ones that move up and down pretty prone to some other maintenance issues there.
3: Well, this time, you know, in the fall and in the spring, all of a sudden you go out to open your window because you like some nice cool air to come in and you open the window and it just falls, the window just falls straight down. The window hasn't gone bad. It's just the balancers that keep the window up have gone bad. The spring is broken, the clips are broken, something's happened. And so it's nothing that's, you have to take a lot of time to do. You just call a glass company out, they'll tear the window apart. Take the balancers, see what kind they are, put the window back together so at least your house is sealed, and they order them and come back out in a few days and put them back in. And
1: something you've started recently just because of the amount of repairs you all do with windows is the the screens. They don't have a long lifespan. They're affordable. They do a great job when they're there. Five, ten years, Arizona sun, southwest side. Man, nothing
3: would survive out there. (laughs) <laughs> and that's a problem. The screens all of a sudden get a little tear in them. The bugs start rolling in. And most people say, I don't really have time to go out and get new screens. They like to take their screen to our like a glass shop. And when our glass shop, we have a screen shop there that we rescreen for you e- e- using your existing frame, and that saves you saves you a little bit of money. We can do it in a few days.
1: Now, real quick, there are still a number of old single pane windows still out there that haven't been replaced from the 70s and 60s and 50s. Is that an easy fix, or is that your tipping point that, hey, it's time to upgrade to a
4: new
3: window? <laughs> we can, You know what? There, there are a lot of old single-pane windows out there. We st- work on and fix a lot of them. Um, it's the sliding window. You're able to take that out very easily and bring it into the shop, and we can repair it for you right there at the shop and give it right back to you within 20, 30 minutes. On the stationary, it's a little more difficult to tear it apart, so most of the time we come out to repair that right there in the field. We'll come out, measure the glass. We can cut the glass on the side of the truck, put it back in the frame, and you're we're off and off the, and go, and everybody, everybody's happy.
1: That statement made me think of something I wanted to talk about at the beginning of this segment. When you said, cut the
3: glass, glass is a liquid. So are you really cutting it? <laughs> yeah, you're actually putting a score on the glass. And then you put a score, and then you can either put a pencil or something underneath it, and you can break the glass. How- I, I need to see a glass factory
1: because I always wonder how do they take sand and make it a liquid you know glass is sand and it's a
3: liquid but you see through it how how is this possible <laughs> It's put into a big molten vat and the, what it does is that as it, the glass as the molten comes off the float and goes onto the float line, it comes off at about sixty feet a second. It's running pretty fast. As it comes off, they're putting more into the into the vat to keep the level of, of the glass of the molten at a certain height. And as that goes along, the, the molten comes across at different thicknesses. And as it does, it cools. And as it cools, it clears. <laughs> and as you get it out there, they got laser cutters cutting it as fast as they can to stack it and get things going. How long does it take for that process for it the, then to hit your shop? Well, for us, I mean, um, depending on where it's manufactured. If it's manufactured in the United States, um, we have a dis- distribution center here in town, and they get, it, they get glass delivered every day, so we can get cases of glass as we need them. So it takes about about three weeks. <laughs> That's, I, I love industry
1: and, and the supply chain of things that we don't think about and take for granted in our daily lives until something breaks.
3: And then what? Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things you want to go to um, and, and watch on TV, but they never put that, that kind of stuff on TV for you to watch. How do you make glass, you know? Where's Mr. Rogers when you need him?
1: <laughs> Where is he? So let's go inside the home. Glass tables, glass shower doors.
3: We do a lot of glass shelving. People are redecorating constantly. they got new things going on. We do uh, curio cabinets. Uh, people come out from other parts of the country, out to Arizona, and the curio cabinet shelves break make a lot of those shelving. Uh, and nowadays, it's the, it's the heavy, thick glass, and everybody's putting um, the canners and things on top of it and really sprucing up their bar areas and stuff in the house. How do you know the weight load of glass?
1: If it's a quarter inch, does it hold so many pounds
3: per square inch? People ask us that all the time, and, and we say, well, it just depends on how big a piece of glass you have and, what, and how you're going to Install it and you know, are you going to have any
1: supports how many, along the way?
3: <laughs> exactly. So, depending if you want quarter inch glass or three eighths glass or half inch, um, you know, half inch glass doesn't bow, it doesn't bow at all. So, you can put a lot of weight on that quarter inch. You got to be really careful because if you don't support it correctly, it'll bow in the middle. So, you have to be really, really careful um, about what you're going to put on it and how you support the glass.
1: And a real great look is uh, cabinets. You know, if you wanted to change out a uh, a wood one to a glass one and i i think that's a real handsome look the rain glass for your china cabinets is a real nice touch
3: we do a lot of the we do a lot of the kitchen cabinets we get a lot in every week but the big thing like right now is seated glass they like that old that old look of the glass and so we do a lot of seated glass a little bit of rain they have a they have a couple new styles called Cotswold which is kind of like the new rain it's more looks a little more texture does it look like a shower door what about showers that's a
1: pretty common feature in a lot of homes is a glass shower door. Is there any signs there that I need to be looking for that, hey, this thing's going to fall off the metal brackets, my wheels are going to rust out, there's going to be a broken glass situation in a wet, slippery bathroom?
3: Nowadays, a majority of the people buy and they want the three-eighths heavy doors and the three-eighths heavy glass. So we've come up with some different things. They have clips now you can, that you can use, which most people do. We, we do a special cutout, put the clip on it, clip the glass, screw it down onto the tile, clip the glass, uh, the clip onto the glass, silicone to, to seal something so you'll get water running everywhere, and... Um, that is the most popular way, and it's very secure and very safe. Um, you know, and most people say, well, why do you want these heavy doors and stuff? And I say, well, when you spend all this money on beautiful rock that you put in your shower, the one thing you want your shower to kind of disappear and so you can see the beautiful rock, but you don't want something kind of flimsy. You want something that looks nice. And, Dennis, how long have you been doing this? I've been in the glass business about 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, I've owned ABC Glass for like 20 now. ABC
1: Glass is one of those situations— I love life stories and how many different ways we were connected and never ran into each other. Your daughter works for Focus Insurance, who's been doing Rosie's insurance since before he was married. Uh, John Eisenhower immediately said, oh, I saw you saw ABC Glass. I've been thinking for a long time this should join." I'm like, John, we've been looking for a glass guy for five years. Why didn't you say anything? All this time, we never crossed paths. And as soon as we did, all these different connections were there.
3: Yeah, it's ABC Glass was there before Union Hills came in, came into <laughs> existence onto Cave Creek Road. So uh, we've been there for 45 years, just an old family glass company. Since 2008, there were nine glass shops on Cave Creek Road and we're the only ones left. Wow. So we are pretty proud of that. Um, we're we're just kind of a—you walk into the shop and it's just kind of a family atmosphere in there. We do things— uh, a little different. We, we listen, want to listen to you, and we have books you can take and look and for parts and pieces, and we don't just kick you out the door because we don't know, because you have something odd. We try to find and see if there are different things that we can use, uh, because maybe the manufacturer's gone, or all kinds of different problems. We're kind of like the one-stop little glass shop, and we hopefully nine times out of ten can find something for you.
1: Take a lot of walk-ins, bring in a broken glass problem, walk out with a solution.
3: Uh, that's it. We have a, an unbelievable walk in traffic. People come in all the time, That little things. Or right now, we're getting a lot of people coming from out of town, moving here permanently, and they, something's broken, and they need some help. Or what's really nice is that they come in, and they say, you know what? I, this is what I need. And I pick up the, uh, the rosy on the house calendar. I flip it in the back <laughs> and say, "Here is some people that Are trusted and here's the reason why and you need to listen to the radio on Saturday mornings and so we we've gotten rid of a lot of calendars I'll tell you a lot of calendars
1: well we appreciate that and thanks for uh, being here with us this Saturday morning for those walk-ins
3: on Cave Creek about we're on Cave Creek Road just south of Greenway we're on the west side of the street at 15054 North Cave Creek Road
1: and for any non-walk-in, what y'all's travel radius for fixing glass in the cases where you've got to go on site?
3: We pretty much take care of the valley. Um, we can't get down into the Santan area and way out west because it's just it's just too far and it takes too long to get out there to get some of that stuff. And I have friends in the business i have been in it so long that are out there that I refer people to. So you can call us and at least we'll get give you someone, somebody to help you get your your problem solved. Cave Creek Road just south of Greenway. We're on the west side of the street at 15054 North Cave Creek Road.
0: How can you not like that music, huh? Little Marshall Tucker band right there. Sounding good. I like it. Put a little skip in your step. All right, we took a couple calls during the break, cleared the lines. That left some lines open right now at 1 767 4348. You call in, we'll get your name, where you're calling from, and what your question is. Like Tony calling from Glendale with a plumbing question. Good morning, Tony.
3: Yes, good morning. My question is uh, when I turn on the water, hot water on the kitchen sink, first it's fine. When the water gets warmer, it's like the, the pipes start to rattle. But actually, the water is vibrating the whole thing, and then water comes out also, kind of like on and off, on and off, on and off. Is that the faucet causing that?
0: Could it very well could be. Is it only at the kitchen faucet? Yes. Yeah. Um,
3: And only when the water gets hot.
0: Yeah. What? What? Okay. Well, what you? I'm I'm suspicious that it is just the faucet. Okay. And you could test that by disconnecting the hot side underneath the counter. Okay. and crack the valve on the wall and, and fill a bucket and just see okay. if, if it does if it does it. Now if it does it that way, this is something that's just recently started. Yes, been, it's you
2: recent.
0: Yeah, it's probably the faucet. If it's not the faucet, then we've developed uh, something has changed maybe in the way of the pressure at the house. And we may have to go to like a little mini arrester. Mounted right there underneath the kitchen sink, which is really easy to do. Uh, and that eliminates the air hammer that's causing the that, that's the vibration inside the pipes. Oh, But try it with the angle stop valve and a bucket. See if it does it. If it doesn't, then you're probably going to just replace the faucet and be all set. Let's see if we can bring Nancy into the conversation. Nancy? Good morning. Calling from Phoenix. Good morning.
4: My mother is moving into a house that has a sunken living room, and we would like to cover that in so that it's even with the rest of the flooring around it, but we don't know what the best process would be.
0: You know, when you get a couple guys out there to take a look at it, you may get a guy or two that tells you, let's just put some 2 by 6s or 2 by 8s down and put plywood on top of that to bring it up flush. We don't like that method at all. Nancy, it's okay. it's putting wood down below grade. It, it it creates a condition conducive for termite infestation. It's much much better. Uh, what we do is we go in there and we cut the sheetrock up above the floor because right now, as you step down in the living room, the sheetrock goes down all the way to the floor. We chalk a line and we cut that and we get it completely out of there. And then there's generally little furring strips. That are mounted on the masonry stem wall. We have to get those out of there, and then we Correct. fill the whole thing with ABC fill and four and a half inches of concrete. Uh, and then the electrical receptacles around the outside perimeter of the house probably have to be raised because you don't want the electrical receptacle two inches above the ground, you know, above the finished floor. Right. Uh, and if you'll measure the room. I can tell you to do it right, what we like to do before we do all that is we go in and we termite treat underneath that whole area. Because once you then have four inches of concrete, four inches of ABC, four inches of concrete, and four inches of ABC, sometimes that area can be hard to, to treat should termites ever come. So we saturate the area with termite pretreat, then we put in the ABC, then we put in the concrete, we cut the sheetrock, we raise all the electrical receptacles, patch the con- patch the drywall, get it ready for painting, and then you can put whatever floor covering you want in there when you were done. Generally speaking, if you'll measure the room, you're going to be between 20 and $30 a square foot to do that right. And,
4: and then what about letting the concrete... Cure. Like how does that work it's inside
0: <laughs> the a, house? That's a great question. That's a great well generally what we do, because that's a lot of humidity inside the house, because as right. concrete cures, people people call it curing. It's really not curing, it's hydrating. You're you're off-gassing a ton of humidity. And we generally just put some fans in there. We don't blow the fans right onto the concrete surface we point them up into the room just to keep the air circulating and that accelerates it a little bit you might consider having this done before your mom moves in Um, yeah yeah. and 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 then within within a couple days you're in pretty good shape what floor covering would your mom want back down when it's done
4: She's putting carpet back down.
0: Okay. Well, carpet can go back down generally after about four or five days. If you're going to go with tile and grout, we have to wait a little bit longer than that.
4: Okay. And do you have any companies that you recommend?
0: And where is the house, Nancy?
4: Um, Phoenix 35th Avenue in Bell Area.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I believe uh, TWD would do that. Kirk Development would do it, both Rosie Certified Remodelers. At Rosie Remodeling, we do it. We do it fairly often. So in, any one of those three companies, uh, depending on how busy the other guys are, so this is this is kind of considered a smaller job, and depending right. on how busy they are, they may or may not be able to get to it. Now, Rosie loves small jobs. If, if I could just <laughs> do small jobs, that's all I would do. Uh, you You get in, you get them done, and you go to the next one. These jobs that you go on and you're there for six or eight or nine months, I uh, I, get get a crazy. I get worn down. I get worn down. Right.
4: Okay. And what gives me that number, please?
0: Uh, Nancy, and you could just dial this same number you dialed to call the radio show. Just dial that number during the week and let them know you you want somebody to come out and take a look at infilling the. Do y'all have keys to the house yet?
4: Um. No. It's about three weeks out, okay. and then she was going to do some of the um changing out of things before she actually moved in
0: yeah okay well just call that same number and that puts you in touch with rosie remodeling monday through friday and uh we'll send somebody out measure it up for you and give you a specific written detail
4: okay perfect well thank you so much i appreciate your time
0: yeah you bet nancy we appreciate it
4: okay
0: you know at the uh little rosie remodeling company uh we're looking for good people if you're in the business and you want to make a step up in your career, give us a call.